1: welcome back to the detroit is different podcast studios and we keeping things rolling with people adding a lot of value to the city of detroit you know that uh detroit is different is about the culture of detroit heritage of detroit people adding value and uh the man that i have that's to the guest today is somebody that started doing things that you would never think would be possible and finding out more about his story also a real cool guy if you haven't met him very cool, friend of the community, friend of everybody, actually helping so many people in their health journey. And this term that a lot of people are using right now, the first person I've ever heard introduce this to me and break it down, it's the man that I got before me, I'm talking about being holistic. Mr. Jesse Brown, doctor, how you doing today?
0: Doing great, doing great. Feeling good. Okay. And uh, always glad to spend some time with you and sharing some uh, good word. Yes, sir. About health and wellness and what we can do to turn some things around.
1: I'm with it, man. Um, When I think uh, so much about how we first met and we'll talk a little bit more about that, introduce it to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Your path in a holistic journey, I find so dynamic, Uh, Mm -hmm. like a lot of good, good, great things Mm -hmm. that I think about in Detroit culture, like spectacles all start on Dexter Boulevard i'm just <laughs> so uh before we get there um your life story uh detroit journey um are you first generation here in the city uh did you have family here already what 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 connected you to detroit
0: yeah well yeah i'm first generation my hmm. siblings and i are first generation okay my father from fitzgerald georgia Okay, where is Fitzgerald, Georgia? Fitzgerald, Georgia is south of Macon. I believe it's southwest of, of Macon or south. So okay. So it's about five hours below uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And just one square mile. Small town. You said one One square mile. Square mile. Wow. Yeah, I think one square mile. I think that's the pretty much the reference for what a, a city can can be, be. But, yeah, Fitzgerald is real small. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he, but he moved to Detroit some years late. You know, some years later after after high school in the army. Mm-hmm. And then my mother came from Jersey City. Wow. Uh, so okay. They, so they're from Jer- uh, Georgia and Jersey, but uh, my sisters and I were born here in Detroit. So I was born and raised. You know, here on the northeast side of Detroit. Went to Detroit public schools as well as went to Catholic schools and. Mm-hmm then did my undergraduate degree in Eastern Michigan University, and then um, a number of certifications in holistic health leading up to my doctorate in naturopathy uh, through Trinity School of Natural Health and my Master Herbalist uh, designation as well. So it's been quite a journey, primarily here in Detroit, but it's taken me all across the country and internationally.
1: All right, so let, let's unpack this a little bit. Jersey City. Jersey you know, City, I'm yeah. so used to people coming from the South. Yeah. Um, right. and, and and definitely along those lines. A lot of Detroiters yeah. are from Georgia. A lot of Detroiters from Alabama. You know, yeah. those uh, those lines of the railroad, they get you here. Yeah. Um, but Jersey City. Jersey City. Well, what what was it that brought from Jersey to Detroit?
0: Oh, that brought her from yeah. uh, my grandfather. Okay. Okay. And uh, my mother's family, her, yeah, my mother's family are Long Island natives. Hmm. So they've got Native American heritage. So there's a cross of Native American, the African American roots between my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, and my uh, and my grandfather. And um, yeah, because they've been you know Long Island for a long time. But she moved here, ooh, when she was in her teens, mm-hmm. and um, right up until she passed away last year at mm. the ripe age of ninety.
1: Oh man, that's yeah. that's heavy, man. Congratulations yeah. on that. Condolences yeah. on the loss, but yeah. that's a full cup right there. Yeah. And then from Jersey to here, and I, and I'm asking that just on the strength of. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're close to so much industry there in that New York area mm. and being that your family roots go back as we're learning more about the influence of Maroons and what we label as Native American, actually being closer to what we label as, you know, what's been characterized as black skin. But yeah. that relationship of so many of the Maroons and even what Central Park was like, for people that don't know, it, the black history of the city of New York is it runs very deep. Yeah, you know. So to actually interview you and knowing that you're kind of connected to that yeah. in Long Island, which is its own culture of itself with with Black folks. Um, yeah, that's deep. That's deep. That's yeah. deep. Are, are your family? You still have family out that way?
0: I still have family there. Our family reunion is Labor Day weekend every year between. Um, it, in uh, Suffolk County, and uh, there's some activities that they go on at the Shinnecock Reservation there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, because it's such a <laughs> an active weekend, I haven't been there for a little bit. But yeah, my brothers who are still there. Mm. Yeah,
1: mm. that's that's uh, that says a lot. Um, yeah. So so coming here. Uh, and I'm guessing your, I guess that would be your maternal grandfather was, it, it was work that brought him here, I'm guessing. What what was it that brought him to Detroit? Because um, he passed a lot of other industrial cities to leave Jersey. It's like you're going past Pittsburgh, you're going past Cleveland, you're going past other couple yeah. places that you could have, yeah. you know, settled up.
0: Yeah, he did. You know, my grandfather worked for when he got was here. I know for a long time he worked for Ford Motor Company, mm-hmm. he worked in, a, I believe, a foundry, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and retired, you know, from there. But he was also a minister. Okay, he, he had a church. Uh, he was Garveyite. Wow. Uh, he was uh, he he was an interesting man. He was, I want to say, somewhat soft spoken for a minister, uh, and kind of wrote with a, a heavy hand. But he was. Um, uh, Introspective, he is the first person I know of that that traveled to Africa. I know he went to Liberia, and he also um, sponsored one or two people to come from Liberia that came into the United States as well. So... Now,
1: I, 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 sometimes this happens on Detroit is Difference because uh-huh. I, I like to delve into like what brings people to Detroit okay. mm-hmm. and just the uniqueness so that you all can understand the culture of Detroit. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I had no idea that uh, of this till now, mm-hmm. um, knowing you um, and for people that are unaware, Marcus Garvey created... One of the largest organizations that ever existed in the history of America, Yeah. Uh, period. So not just with black people, because they often like to frame it like, oh, it was a big organization for black people. The membership of the UNIA was was vast. And it built the platform for what became Elijah Muhammad's Nation of Islam, though we know the roots of the Nation of Islam started here with Fahd Muhammad. But the framing of it as Elijah took place really followed so many mm-hmm. Of the premises built by Garvey, and 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 being a Garvey, I built a lot of self-reliance, uh, self-determination yes. in 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 defending ourselves as Black people, um, uh, running economies as Black people with mm-hmm. stores and clothing, mm-hmm. uh, international trade, hence the you know the ship line, Black and, Star Line, a, yeah. and. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't know, the foundation of the FBI was built specifically to topple Marcus Garvey and the Garveyites, the UNIA. So that also puts your family in a unique position where I'm sure um, just that awareness Mm -hmm. and I could see, Mm -hmm. you know, with those teachings and there were so many uh, foundations in cities like New York leading out, you know, but Garvey built... One of the largest institutions, like in when we think of like in the span of a person's life, yes, ever mm-hmm. in American history, yeah. Um, and, and and how did you learn of this? Did did your grandfather share this information with you? Was it more like your your mom shared this information with you? How did you, how how did you hip to the game? It,
0: mom, okay, because he didn't again,
1: even really speak on it.
0: He didn't. Mm. Um. Which is real interesting because his that he was the only grandparent that I ever knew. Mm-hmm. My father's parents were dead before he was seventeen, mm. and my mother's mother died before she was six months old, so she never knew her mother. Mm. Only knew her father, you know, her father, and then her aunt and grandmother, and the, the women ra- actually raised her, um, as you know, as she as she would often say. He said, "I don't know what to do with, you know, with the with girl a baby, mm. especially a girl baby, yeah." Mm. And so, um, so they were, for lack of a better word, estranged. Mm. You know, were separated for you know for a time as he as he worked and he got remarried and some other things going on. So, most of what I know about my grandfather, I, I learned through my mother. Wow. And, yeah. and what she shared. That's uh, deep. She was she loved to share family history. She was all about family. And so she took care of him into his, you know, his last days and and his uncles. He had two brothers. Um, One moved here from Jersey City Mm -hmm. and uh, and one had been living here and working with the automobile industry for uh, for a long time as well. So, um, yeah, people gravitated toward Detroit and and Detroit is different in a lot of different ways in Detroit has got so many firsts, so many, so such deep roots in history that people who live here and have lived here all their lives are not aware oh, of. Yeah. One thing that is real interesting, and I'd say you know, coincidental, or um, or well, the you sp- you mentioned Dexter Boulevard. Yes. Okay. And of course, at 12th and uh, or Rosa Parks and Linwood mm-hmm. uh, was where the um, uh, the 1967 rebellion mm-hmm. began. Now, one mile west of there, at Dexter and Claremont, is where um, is where Detroit Holistic Centers first facility was established. And that's where, we're we're definitely there. So, 20 years later, Mm -hmm. here it is, 1967 to 1987. Mm -hmm. So I say where there was a rebellion, um, there was a a renaissance or a a new beginnings of sorts with Detroit Holistic Center. And I didn't kind of realize that, you know, historically at, at the time, you know. But uh, that's that's actually what happened.
1: And from our uh, in from our last interview with the Black uh-huh. Coffee piece, and th- some of the work that we were doing with uh, shout out Frida. You know, I love Frida Sampson. She was <laughs> like, we got to get Jesse in here. And I found out so much about you starting that business. And, yeah. and now we're here. So like uh, ho- holistic training. You you spoke a little bit about Eastern and and and, mm-hmm. and um, you also spoke about some DPS. Um but let's let's drive into what drew you into even wanting to learn about holistic, or or, or more uh, about better health, uh, better ways of living. Because you know when you you definitely don't look mm-hmm. anything like your age or mm-hmm. anything like that. But you know um, the whole concept <laughs> of what he- health would be okay. uh, of of like how you okay. were groomed and how school would teach you the four basic yeah. food groups, all of that stuff's like out the window. Yeah. yeah. What what led you to seek more knowledge about this and drew your attention to it?
0: Um, I think a, a few converging factors. One, um, I, I got sick when I was 10. Hmm. I lost, you know, in my, in my, they operated on my my sinuses, my tonsils and adenoids. Apparently, I was having what they would call tonsillitis, most likely just allergic to dairy. Mm. Uh, and then at 17, I got really ill. I got deathly ill. Um, and I don't know if it started with a cold or something, but, you know, or flu. I uh, had mono. They call it infectious mononucleosis.
1: I thought that's like you kiss somebody and you get they call they that. They called that the kissing. Yeah, yeah they yeah, call that. 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 And, mm. then,
0: and then rubella. So I got so sick. I lost weight. I was mm-hmm. sick for a month in the senior year of. Uh, uh, of high school, what school? Pershing. Oh man, yeah, Doughboys,
1: Dough Doughboys in the house. Dough a boys. lot of people. I think of. Uh, yeah, I think of the gardens and all type of stuff when I think yeah, of <laughs> Conant Gardens, Spencer <laughs> Haywood.
0: You know, Steve Smith. There's a lot, mm-hmm. long history, long strong history there. Um, uh, in fact, Jesse Owens lived in in, in Conant Gardens at one point. Wow! But the um, the getting sick. I think it really, got, you know, got my attention. Because mm-hmm. uh, I tell you, there were times I couldn't... I was hardly breathing through my nose or my or my mouth. It was hard, you know, to eat. Hmm. And uh, I was on the brink there for, you know, for a while. So by the time I got uh, over that uh, and went back to school, mm-hmm. you know, my teachers, they thought that I had senioritis and, you know, was just, you know... That's skipping what school. Then seniors say, yeah, skipping school, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you know, you think, you know... You know, last mm-hmm. year of school, and that wasn't that wasn't it at all. Uh, but then I, I started hearing people. I started hearing the um, you know, well, one my Muslim friends who were talking about uh, uh, not eating pork and dietary laws. My Christian, you know, in, in in Christianity and all the major religion religions really have dietary laws. Mm-hmm. And so I was hearing more about that. And I was exploring and in, in my teens and saying just independently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the and Dick Gregory was a major influence.
1: Wow. So I, I think I, I was going to ask yeah. a Dick Gregory question.
0: Yeah. So somewhere mm-hmm. in there, I heard Dick Gregory and that opened up my eyes. I I followed him as much as I could. I would travel. I would especially when I went to, to school, when I went to Eastern. I would travel if I found out he was going to be somewhere. I you know one time it was the University of Michigan. Another time I think it was at Western Michigan University. He used to go to the colleges and universities across the country, and he would talk. And so part of his his sharing was about what we call social justice and mm-hmm. and civil rights and and, and and what he had done with uh, Brother Doctor uh, Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it, he would talk about diet, and he was in his vegetarianism and and uh his fasting and running across the united states i mean this man did some incredible things
1: oh his his life story for people that don't know um and i often give the example of when mm-hmm. we think of what black success is and yeah. and the and the art that i usually use of yeah. of the definition of black success i i I look to the story of Dick Gregory mm-hmm. um, as his works. I do think is definitely um, being more present with family. And I mean, I think that's the balance that he would even say as time went on, Yeah, that was a sacrifice. But when yeah. I compare, I compare his life to right now, people don't look at Bill Cosby and see Bill Cosby for what, what for a lot of times was the arc of success because people would say, yeah. wow, Bill Cosby so successful. But, Dick Gregory at one point in time not only had the the, the stage of success, yes. but his his work uh starting off with Megar Evers and the Civil Rights Movement yeah. became a gateway for so many other social causes and enlightenment and yes. you know his runs across the across America and and his fast for for justice and his stance yeah. against the Vietnam War. Like he he basically what you know for 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 young people watching this. Dick Gregory was was as popular as Kevin Hart. He was the most popular comedian in America at one point in time. And he yes. took, he he basically would say, okay, it would be like watching Kevin Hart say, you know what, I'm not going to perform any more comedy right. until uh, these people that murder Breonna Taylor, uh, uh, until social justice is taken forward mm-hmm. for all of the cops that have murdered these black people. It, it, it. It would be shocking. And then to see him yeah. lead a lot of these causes. Yes. It what, And then in that same pivot, he also pivoted in and, and created so many things in ways to heal yourself and health. Because at one mm-hmm. point in time, he was like 350 pounds. And and he was like, OK, if I'm going to be out here protesting, I got to I got to heal. I got to be right to, to fast and, and make these actions and.
0: He was smoking he was drinking yeah. he was yeah he was definitely not the picture of health Mm-mm. and then he met Alvinia Fulton out of Chicago mm-hmm. Dr Alvinia Fulton was a naturopath and she was really the person who taught him and influenced him yeah uh, and he and and I think I think it was she along with um, um, so, some others I'm, I'm trying to think Dr David. Uh, who helped him formulate the four, what they call this 4X formula, what became the Bahamian diet. Yeah. In fact, that was one thing that, as I was going from corporate America after I did my undergrad and went to corporate, working for a couple of communications companies. And uh, as I was coming through that, I was distributing the Dick Gregory Bahamian diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, and that was very popular. That was a hundred, he had a hundred million dollar contract yeah. with, uh, it was perform. it was performance based, but he had a hundred million dollar contract back then. And that was in
1: the, that was 90, like the, that was like the late maybe 80s. late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah. Early nineties or yeah.
0: so. And um, he had turned down a lot of money for, you know, comedy and entertainment for civil rights causes. Mm hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and it influenced a lot of people in the whole generation yeah, of, and it, of performers as, as well.
1: His, yeah, his fasting led to my father saying like, okay, I'm going to start fasting. Like, mm. and it, it had an impact on a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Hence for when people ask always this question, like why do entertainers and da 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 da? why do they matter? They matter because it can be like a gateway to other things. Yes. Like when I also think yeah. of the enlightenment of my father, I think, yeah. I think Muhammad Ali was a gateway for my father to have interest in Malcolm X, mm-hmm. to have interest in like teachings of the nation and then gather other yeah. understandings of of black men. Um, and black people uh, Of who we are And historical Like sometimes mm-hmm. Like it, you know It may take A line here and there From Chuck D And Public Enemy mm-hmm. To enlighten a person To go a step further And not necessarily yeah. Stay there I mean some people May stay there But mm-hmm. it opens up Your horizon So it's unique That you yeah. say Dick Gregory Was a gateway When you were already Seeing things in your body From that That incident at 10 And then at 17 And like okay it's, It may can be Absolutely. More that I can learn In this And now you have basically someone culturally kick it to us
0: mm-hmm. where
1: well, we relate to it. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, very funny, uh, yeah. charismatic. Mm-hmm. He knows how to deliver a message mm-hmm.
0: where it's impactful. And it, and it works hand, um, hand in hand mm-hmm. in that, one, we need, and I tell you, the way that we receive, the way that people of color especially and, and many others as well, but uh, definitely people of color, receive information is through engagement, is through entertainment, is through. So when we talk about spoken word yeah. and songs and, and all this, in fact, you know, if it weren't for uh, for Stevie Wonder's Happy Birthday song as a tribute to Martin Dr. Luther Dr. Martin Luther King, we may not have the holiday. Mm-hmm. So whenever a movement has a song behind it, 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 it kind of drives it. But we need to have this in the culture because you can't just talk about health. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's an active uh, principle, so we've got to be about it. So when people hear it, there is the and, and is the the movement and the rhythm and everything else. It reinforces uh, the the learning. It enforces. It be, it makes it somatic, so to
1: speak. And. and- yeah. And I still find it still fascinating, as you mm-hmm. say, in 1987. So for people yeah. that aren't very familiar with Detroit, like Dexter Boulevard is a place where <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's it's such a classic example of of, of a black community and yeah. like a snapshot of it. You know, mm-hmm. people on the east side talk about Dexter like, oh, you go over there, you're going to get murdered. and It's definitely yeah. a lot of. It's a lot of, as I say, it's a lot of black-collar business happening on Dexter Boulevard. Mm -hmm. But it's also a lot of families, community that has been there for a long time. And in 87 to put mm -hmm. a health food store on the corner of, of... Claremont and Dexter, and as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I still think that like anything on that side of Dexter is Joy Road when we think of Claremont. Yeah. A- in my mind, that's just yeah, yeah, yeah. how I look at w- yeah. Claremont. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, I think Claremont. I think Claremont's closer to Central High School and all of that, uh, closer to where the Rebellion started. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Dexter, Joy, that's—you don't think a health food store in the 80s would be successful. You placed it there.
0: Holistic Health Center.
1: There we go. Okay, so so
0: the we were doing some products, but -hmm. it was primarily holistic health services. Mm -hmm. And and actually, people told me it wasn't going to last. You can't do well there. You know, there was a whole lot of story around that. I just I didn't accept it. So. Mm I distributed, again, a lot of Dick Gregory Bohemian Diet. We're doing comahodial therapy. We actually outgrew the place within five years. So mm-hmm. I was there from 87. We were there from 87 to 92. And then 1992, we moved over on Grand River uh, and spent the next 27 years there and expanded in terms of product services and, and, it's, and, uh, and the training as well because – was ha- happening is, is that the the ho- the natural, the holistic, the uh, the um, that whole foundation in terms of healing was not being taught or, or was being taught. You know, here and there.
1: Yeah, this is pre-internet, too. So it's not like you yeah. can Google it or, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, watch a couple YouTube videos. There you go. This is... And some
0: people think that's all there is to it, and it's... Okay, and, yeah. and we're going to
1: talk a little bit about that because I do want to talk about today's snapshot yeah. where I see it's definitely been like a lot of things in America. As things become more popular, it becomes a commodity, and then it uh, yeah. becomes marketed, and then it becomes like an industrial complex, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but you were in this space and field, and you've always carried yourself almost as like your best spokesperson too. Because even, you know, when I first met you, you were talking about alkaline water. And I was like, uh, what is that? <laughs> you know, and then you had to you 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 pass the information without a lot of judgment, at least. And, and you also offer the the space and place of of mm. enlightenment for so many people. Mm. Um, and that's why I always felt that your success kind of is an ex- extension of who you are and how you carry yourself mm. and how people connect to what you offer.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, and, and but opening that space on Dexter, what was his, what was it like, you know, day one opening there in that community, you know, like smack dad across the street from uh, uh, one of the most, um, if uh, w- one of the most uh, Coney Islands that Coney Island in the Oh hood. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well
0: you know it was um, <clears throat> wow, it was scary at times. Because when I first opened, I was looking outside. I mean, it, it, I I didn't have a whole lot. I didn't have a whole lot of business. I didn't have a base mm-hmm. or anything like that. I was the new kid on the block. I was new to that. Some you know, people had mixed feelings about the air, uh, about the area. In fact, my uh, my oldest daughter uh, said, "Dad, she said, uh, you know, they said that this is the." Worst neighborhood in the city. They yeah. had a picture of the corner of the store, which was one block away from us. I mm-hmm. said, "No, this is good." So I had to build an oasis there, mm-hmm. and I I painted. I put numbers. I I tried to create uh, a light there mm-hmm. that would emanate to uh, that would emanate elsewhere. And do so much good that it would that it would transform and and I know it had an influence on my, on, on our neighbors. Uh, we did a wrapping haunted house. This the probably the f- city's first and only wrapping haunted house. Mm-hmm. Can you explain we, what a when rapping we, ha- haunted a rap house? A wrapping haunted house was when okay, Halloween was coming around. Mm-hmm. And there were a number of youth in the uh, in the community and some of them would do, you know, would do, uh, you know, shovel snow and do different things around the around the center. So it was about inclusion as well. It's like, how do you what, what you know, what do you do here besides just healing, yep. you know, just healing people or working with people. You heal the neighborhood. You reach out. You, uh, you know, we want to be good, you know, good neighbors and and um, and, and investors in the community. And so uh, there were some of the young people that that I met and they um, and they you know were looking at the rap game and everything. Mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, you know what? Well, let's, let's do something different. Let's let's say I'm going to have a rap in the haunted house." And so each of the uh, as they would go through the haunted house, each room would have different uh, different uh, ghouls or characters in there.
1: Yeah, scares, and it would start... be
0: werewolf, weed head. It would be mm-hmm. count cocaine. Oh, wow, it would that be is scary. so, <laughs> so, and they would talk about. They would rap about, about the dangers, the, um, the dangers, and um, ills. Mm-hmm. And in the last room, there was a uh, a person, you know, in in a casket. Mm. You know, this is what happens if you use drugs. So it was kind mm. of an anti-drug wow. message.
1: That's interesting.
0: And it really took off. We had groups of people come in here. We had you know people want to go in in again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So again, we wanted to be good community part. I wanted us to be good community partners in terms of the message. So we had you know again community involvement and young people. So it, it helped them uh, to engage and. When I would see these young people out here on the street and, you know, they, they're walking or whatever, it looked like they were late for school. I'm like, hey, I'm yelling out the window or at the, out the door. It's like, women, aren't you supposed to be in school? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? So here's the thing is that we, we've got we've to gotta create an atmosphere where we're no longer afraid to speak to our children. And so we, the, the things that we see that we feel are problematic, that we're doing something about it. I'm a child of the '60s and '70s, and so there was it was Black Power and all these positive things that were going on, and the rebellion was about all that. It's like, wait a minute, no, we're not we're not taking this anymore. But we want to see some positive things, and I was seeing that turn the other way. So, it, so instead of it being a place where uh, Detroit was a haven for drugs and the neighborhood was was, was for drugs, it's like, how do we? Uh, utilize natural health and natural living to count, kind of counterbalance that. Yeah. And th- and that's what was happening.
1: Because, yeah, 87 was also definitely one of those pivotal times when yeah. um, uh, crack cocaine was impacting our communities. Absolutely. Dexter was definitely one of those communities where. And, and some of yeah. holistic healing has been a space where people have sought and, and found recovery.
0: Oh yeah. Um, wh- who was? I, I had clients who were on, you know, mm-hmm. who were on drugs. I had people who were looking to to turn around their lives, and so through cleansing, through fasting, through nutritional supplementation, through going through these processes, it helped them to overcome. Okay, and, and again, and so my, and my approach on that is that, so many times it only takes one. So they they say it's one in every. In every family and usually mm-hmm. has, a, has a negative connotation. But sometimes it just takes one person in a family to be a positive influence that can change the, mm-hmm. the direction of the family, that can help sure. break that generational curse that will help to convert and, and recruit other people. Just as somebody is like you could turn somebody on the alcohol or, or, or tobacco or drugs, you can turn them the other way as well. So uh, starting
1: off uh, yep. and opening the center, yep. w- what were you treating for the most part? What were people responding to? I know you said definitely the bohemian diet. Yeah. But what what else were people looking for for treatment?
0: It was primarily weight loss. Okay. It was cleansing, and they kind of go hand in hand as well dick gregory shared one thing because at that time he was also he somewhere in that time uh he was doing some work in the bahamas and they said they he set up a, a facility oh, center, there yeah. i think first in maybe perhaps in florida and then in the bahamas where he was helping really obese people mm-hmm. uh to lose weight and one of the things that he used and one of the tools that we used was a colon hydrotherapy what's that you know, colon hydrotherapy colonics enemas at mm. a uh, given at a a more extensive okay. form of an enema mm. in fact he was criticized for that and he said you say well you know why are you giving these people enemas they're they're overweight he said you don't get to be 300 400 500 pounds and not be constipated mm. okay so what he learned from Alvinia could uh, excuse me from Alvin, um, uh, Dr. Fulton. Dr. Fulton, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that, uh, were, were the principles of the, the fasting, the cleansing, mm-hmm. using herbs and other things. So we, you know, basically had people on the program. And, and the, uh, the amazing thing about it is it not only helped people for, and he also had a product called Correction Connection, which was a, uh, a formula designed to address addictions. Tobacco, alcohol, drugs, could be food et
1: or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's so, unique. Yeah. And, and and then you transition to a new community, and, yeah. and that that footprint, yeah. and that's like a whole. It's a different culture over yeah. there. That Grand River space yeah. um, is, is it's unique too because it's, it's kind of like you got Rosedale Park <laughs> like on one side of yeah. you, and then you got Brightmore kind of like on the other side of yeah. you. Like it's a you know, which is such a... For, for the people... Rosedale Park is one of the more affluent communities. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like, affluent for families. Like, I mean, yeah. Sherwood Forest... Some families, but I think people move to Sherwood Forest probably... Usually a little bit older after the kids moved out. They want, like, mm-hmm. some fly stuff. But Rosedale Park is more like a family atmosphere. Whereas Brightmore, mm-hmm. still in, in the family, but just not... You know, more under it's, it's It's tougher over there. So, yeah. like, you move to that community... Mm-hmm. What was the response? What was the what was the difference um, having a space over that way?
0: Yeah, one of the things, one of the reasons why I moved there is because I looked at where people were coming from, mm-hmm. and found there was a, a very strong concentration of people in forty two. Let's see, forty two three eight, forty two two seven, and forty two one nine, mm-hmm. and so that helped, as we were outgrowing a space, and and as the neighborhood was still transitioning on Dexter. Uh, we needed to grow, so when we moved over there, got great reception. In fact, we went from one building to two buildings to three buildings to, you know, doing more, more services, more products, more therapy rooms. Um, established one of the largest centers of its type uh, in the country, mm-hmm. five therapy rooms. And, and over, over time, we saw over 60,000 people, so the reception was good. The, from the from the neighborhood and from other areas as well, it's also close enough to the freeways and you know where people are coming from: Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Lansing, mm-hmm. you know, Greater Detroit metropolitan area, and elsewhere. And then, of course, established you know one of the, uh, the buildings primarily for the education and training, so that that helped a great deal because I was able to. Conduct some training in one of the buildings, and then the ha- you know a lot of the hands-on uh, in another. So it gave us the 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 space to grow that we needed. And I had people coming from Canada and across the U.S. and um, uh, and even had some international students, hmm. you know, to train there as well. So excellent reception, uh, great acceptance from the community, from the religious community and the worship, you know, and 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 um and and again people coming from all over so we were were well received
1: that's deep and that's that's powerful um and and, in in this work now Mm -hmm. um you know the the pandemic brought about a lot of shifts yes for you the shift was now Mm -hmm. your master teaching has transitioned to online
0: exactly yeah
1: share and explain
0: well, the I had started an online platform. So let's see, rewind a little bit. Nineteen ninety nine, I established a state licensed school. I, it took me about two years, from probably nineteen ninety seven to nineteen ninety nine, establishing a school. What we call a proprietary school, a trade school mm-hmm. for holistic health. The only one in Detroit, the mm-hmm. only state licensed uh, school of its type. You know, for holistic health, or um, in the in the African American community in the mm-hmm. country,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I was primarily doing the training there. But people were, you know, it was kind of an issue. I had I had people coming from Chicago and some places, primarily Midwest, and then you know, against Canada, some places. But that that was a, a bit of a hindrance. In that, it's like, okay, how long do I have to be there? And what do I have to do? Yeah, and, so and, and, so.
1: and this is like, so, yeah, 99, Airbnb ain't what it's yeah, at, and Uber it really was, and everything. Yeah, so it's like, it, no, nah, I got to find hotel, where I, find, and yeah, where do I go.
0: And, and how much is it going to
1: be? And you're like, hey, so, I run a school, not a, uh, I'm not a travel agency. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: So um, as we expanded the curriculum and what we're teaching, and at a point, uh, online Courses were becoming mm. more popular. Adopted, you know, got uh, a, an online program. So I was kind of doing hybrid. I was doing classes in, in um, on site and on and a, a port with a portion of it being online. Mm-hmm. What happened in 2020 when we shut down in March of 2020 uh, due to you know the pandemic. The yeah. pandemic. Um, there were people who were saying, Dr. Brown, you know, you you, you can't just stop. You can't. Ch-. I'm like, listen, I've been doing this for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I really I, I really could use a rest from this. Mm-hmm. But I took off uh, a, a lot of, you know, well, the remainder of 2020 primarily. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of 2021, with the assistance of some people who were encouraging me, uh, the and some students who were enrolled in the class, uh, I did started the online classes in January, and actually my enrollment quadrupled. Mm. Dang. So I'm like, wow, well, I'm able to. And I had I had seven people from five different states,
1: mm-hmm. from
0: uh, Alaska, Florida, Georgia, uh, Illinois, different places around the around the U.S., Arizona, and that kind of opened my eyes to some other possibilities as well. And I said, okay, I could do this online. I don't have to deal with weather and a number of different factors. And so we've been working with refining and defining and, and doing that to reach more people. Because my, my vision for a long time has been to train a healer in every home, every home, every family, every community, and, and to let that uh, the empowerment, employment, entrepreneurship permeate different communities, plant the seeds so that people everywhere could have access to this, could learn, and could you know start you know within their own uh, sphere of influence, and it's been working uh, quite well. Hmm. Okay? and the um, and we couldn't have done it without doing it online because mm-hmm. you can't teach everybody from I don't care where you know where we would have been in Detroit, or or any place in the country. Mm-hmm. You can't reach everybody, but online we can reach. You know, we can reach millions virtually. So that's what we're in the, in the process of doing.
1: And and then building that, always in the tech too, and and being willing to pivot as an entrepreneur. At, when I met you, I met you through shout out, uh, Ken Harris, another doctor now. Uh, yeah. But um, I met you with the International Detroit Black Business Expo. Uh, years ago mm-hmm. and and just your energy like i say it's like you walked in the room and i was like okay what does he do and it's like a holistic center i'm like what is holism you know it was like what's holistic what break yeah. this down and then it's like okay well it's the way that we live life a more holistic way um i bring that to like the pandemic mm-hmm. just awakened myself and many other people um yeah. you know i i didn't share with many people but i had covid um, mm-hmm. It wasn't that t- I didn't share with many people. It wasn't that tough of a bout, but okay. I, I went right back into my thought process of like what I knew in the vitamins, and you know, since then I've kept up more of my regimen. I'm, I'm monitoring, you know, vitamin D, zinc, and, mm-hmm. and focusing more on like, okay, you know, I still I'm not all the way off dairy, but it's like I'm more monitoring. It's like okay, that 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 dairy is going it's going to build up my um it's going to build up mucus. It's gonna it's gonna um you know mess things up. Like I've been. More in tune since then, and I'm sure many other people oh, yeah. probably gravitated to you immediately because it was like, okay, I know I'm putting stuff that tastes good that ain't good for me in my body because yeah. yeah. I don't know how to make the stuff that's probably good for my body mm-hmm. taste good. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I haven't, I haven't done the, you know, learn that. It's mm-hmm. So many people, many Americans, you know, oh, were yeah. Russian, you know, hence fast food. The preservatives of yeah. it, the sodium, um, you know, we we know that this stuff, you know what I mean? I, I buy big, that apple from Kroger, call. you know, that that sits in my refrigerator for three weeks. I buy an apple from Randazzles. If I don't eat it within four days, you know, and, which means to me, it's probably supposed to be like this apple from Randazzles.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, so uh, in that wake-up call, I'm sure that brought so much more attention to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it has. And the... And you see that reflected on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, with so many people. There's nothing, there's no single thing that I could have done or a bunch of my colleagues and I could have done uh, to say, hey, pay attention to your health. Your health is most important. Yeah, health is wealth, as they say. But yeah, but COVID shut the world down mm-hmm. and put everybody's attention clearly on, on their health. And mm-hmm. so um it's influenced the market and the natural products market and immune system products and on and on so there's a the the natural products industry is about is two hundred and fifty about two hundred sixty to two hundred seventy billion dollar industry projected to go to three hundred billion by about twenty twenty four and four hundred billion by twenty thirty. I mean, that's, it, how, it, that's how fast this is growing.
1: It blew my mind during African World Festival this year. Mm. Um, so concurrent with African World Festival, if you drove down to African World Festival this year to go to Hard Plaza, mm-hmm. you were probably like, "Man, I can't find a parking space." But these people don't look like they're going to African World Festival. Mm. You know, it was a whole vitamin like uh, world convention going on there where I was like, man, these people. I'm like, where are these? I'm like, these people look like they're from across the world. And this lady from I was like, where are you from? And she was like, I'm from Ecuador. I'm here with I'm like, wow, you from Ecuador.
0: You came here to a to a conference at Cobo Hall. Now, speaking about history, and I I, I'm not going to mention the name of the of the company. that was that had a large convention. But mm-hmm. word is that the people in the who were starting that company and yeah, it, it, at a point had spoken to my holistic grandparents
1: hmm.
0: about formulas and what was going on. So, the roots of that company and, and, and some roots in this industry also started. In Detroit, wow, you know in fact, there was a uh, Dr. Frank Bracy and Mother Elizabeth Bracy. He was a chiropractor mm-hmm. she was a a an herbalist and a homeopath
1: hmm. what's a homeopath
0: well it, uh, someone who practice home practices homeopathic medicine and that's I, I, we we could we could do a show on that yeah cuz i but, don't even know what that yeah. so like
1: homeopathic medicine would be it, it is
0: it is a natural well it's working with cell salts it's working with uh homeo they call homeopathic remedies mm. one of the principles is like cures like so you could take things from nature that would that would uh, cause a symptom if you take it in a very small dose ah, it will eradicate
1: like the brother like i like i learned this with the pandemic, too. Okay. I didn't know it was a black man, which I should have known anyway. I mean, it's almost like you find okay. out. It's like, damn, a black man invented everything. Uh-huh. That it was um, what's accredited with the discovery of vaccination was a black man that was enslaved on a plantation saying, like, okay, if you take enough of a little bit of this mm-hmm. and expose the cell to enough. And he okay. knew just enough, which I'm sure they're crediting him, but I'm sure okay. it was probably... For him to know, it was probably passed down generations of knowing, like, oh man, that ain't nothing but a little uh, yellow fever. Take a little bit of this, cause that'll get at, and eh, you're good. You know, and I'm sure it was like that. You okay. know. Okay.
0: So yeah, so vaccinations actually, I would say, are an offshoot of. Yes, homeopathy. that's what I was I mean, going to say. Yeah. It
1: sounds very similar. Yeah. So I didn't know. I mean, I just never even heard of the, you know, the, the but science. You know, you know?
0: N- natural remedies and a natural mm-hmm. way of living is what kept us for so long. Yeah. M- m- just a generation ago, my parents didn't have, you know, they didn't have health care, a you know, health care plan all their lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. What saved my father's life early on when he got a fever, I don't know if it was scarlet fever or something else. But uh, when, in his youth, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, his both he and his brother got sick. They were swimming in a, a, in a pond or something. Mm-hmm. Both of them got sick with this fever. His brother died. He lived. Hmm. But they, they nursed on you know him with herbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all they had at the time. That's all we could afford. Okay, and the um, and so what we're seeing is a resurgence. So so to me. It's about preserving, protecting, promoting, perpetuating, or passing these things along—the the kind of the roots of our roots, and you know, the herbal heritage that has been with us for some, you know, since before slavery.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. even knowing different things. Like even in my garden, and it's mm-hmm. great, shout out to Halima, Tephira, so many you know, Aaron, like uh Baba Malik, obviously, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably known Baba Malik since Eastern. But Exactly, uh, yeah. We went to college <laughs> together. Yeah. So it's so like you knew young Baba Malik. So, yeah, so Malik um, Akinian, yeah. Yep, yep. And probably Dr. Peters and a lot of those people. But um the I I, you know, when I walk through and they'll know they can look at something and it's like, okay, you can take this with that, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's it's even those remedies of like, okay, I'm dealing with mites eating a lot of my collards at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the summer. So it's like, okay, you can spray this. But next year you need to plant these plants next to this because everything has a natural solution. Hence the balance in life. Yes. It makes perfect sense.
0: Yes. Yeah, it does. You just have yeah. to
1: know naturally what it is, and hence mm-hmm. when things become a commodity, because I was trying to think ahead of the game, yeah. it's like I go, I grow such great collard greens and kale, I'm going to just focus these boxes on collards and kale. But all that leafy green, as I found out, mm-hmm. it attracts the same... Um, it attracts the same bugs. It's like, oh, it man, I basically created like a like an oasis for them to be like, oh, man, he, he done created a festival over here for that. Yeah. It's like yeah. I should have put some different styles of planting. Like yeah. it's a reason that things are planted a certain way. It's a reason that things are planted in certain seasons. And when you work against that, yeah. this is where things and the illnesses and the sicknesses uh, come about for us mm-hmm. because that's not what's natural hence this leads to the next question and i know it's a long soliloquy y'all know me detroit is different um <laughs> because right now the health industry in a lot of ways is becoming very industrialized yes, it's it is. becoming yeah. very uh, commoditized I, you mm. know um when i interviewed um, when i interviewed a, a makeup artist from uh and she's a chemist she said it's even like now the standard of natural you can put the label of natural on something and it's it's like a certain standard the FDA has made for what something is natural. So for what you all are thinking about, like, okay, I look at something and it's Don't like... Don't say a space. Yes. It was a list of space? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, so yeah. when... So now I look at something and it's like, wow, <laughs> it, it's it's like, how natural is this? It's like, it's been in my mind ever since then, yeah. because but it makes sense because it's mm-hmm. like a standard and as long as the chemicals have this much in it, it's natural. Which is like, in your mind, that ain't natural. But... Someone like you, as, as things are shifting, how, how do people still arm themselves in, and empower themselves as they're looking to make these transitions? But it's also, um, you know, American capitalism is in the mix, too. They're trying to make yeah. money off of it, you know?
0: Well, you know, the, the, one of the most common answers is education. But mm-hmm. there's so much. There's education. There's misinformation out there. I mean, on the Internet, there's just as much misinformation I'd say is more. there is quality, yeah. information. So we, ha- we need to learn here's the thing. Um, in, in fact, what you're speaking of in terms of not just having single crops and having mm-hmm. diversity, in terms of the environment, and everything, is hearkening back to uh, what's now being termed organic regenerative agriculture, where everything is, is a holistic concept. Where the plants and the herbs and everything, there's more diversity, similar to what happens in life and the best thing that yeah. happens in life. It's like you, you, you know, a a field of just red flowers is not as attractive as the diversity that you see in wildflowers and mm-hmm. and different things growing on there. But we need to have more diversity in terms of our makeup, human in. in in business, in community, and we need to have more diversity in, in nature as well. Organic regenerative agriculture. That's emerging uh, as well as a new area of study and focus and as a remedy to um to Commercial agriculture. Commercial agriculture, not using mm. so many, you know, the chemicals and, and all this, and having more balance and, and balancing out the the... Uh, the effects of global warming, et cetera. Anyway, so uh, when it comes to naturalness, yeah, you got you, you have a lot of money. You got multi billions of dollars that are invested in getting their products to market. Mm-hmm. So besides just the, I would say, the education about it, uh, and the, and I'll say the education in terms of what our bodies are, what our bodies need. What is food? Growing food. I've got. I put in four garden beds this year, and mm-hmm. I did, I've done more gardening this year than I ever have actually in my in my life. But you know, you know I was doing some things at the center, and I had a garden about seven years ago. But I learned more about growing the you know plants and foods and 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 all that um, you know through this experience, mm-hmm. and. We need to get our children involved. We need to uh, again understand what our what our body needs and start growing that, so we have food security, food availability, and so we can also appreciate nature. Because when we st- if, if we don't poison our plants at home in our gardens, then perhaps we won't be poisoning and allowing poisons to go into the waters and the skies and the in the in in the land elsewhere as well, we become more sensitized to that. Okay? Mm-hmm. We already see where glyphosate, you know, um, is is on is on the market, and that po- you know, poisoning. We're like, okay, I'm going to put down weed killer. Yeah. You know, instead of understanding that these are herbs, we're looking at them as being something that we don't want. We think weed. it's
1: aesthetically. Yeah, aesthetically unpleasant.
0: There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this is medicine. We're walking over medicine instead of appreciating the medicine and knowing how to y- utilize it. So it's it's education, it's application, it's appreciation, it's 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 changing the educational curriculum in schools mm-hmm. because there are some things in school that are that children are being taught and even adults in college that are. Practically worthless compared to how do you live, how do you work, and what's going to be beneficial for you and your loved ones? Mm -hmm. You were talking about me not looking my age, as many people say. Mm -hmm. I went to a, a a a a picnic with. A number of my friends from high school around the people that yeah. went to school around the same time, and most people you know the those of us who are still here, most of them diabetes, high blood pressure obesity, all kinds of things people mm-hmm. were coming up to me all kinds of things it, it was almost depressing hearing about all these things, but what mm-hmm. happens is we don't learn about that we we know more about our cars, we mm-hmm. know more about our houses than we do our bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it by design? or Is that by neglect? Man.
1: I would say it, it's probably like a percentage thing. Like some of it's design, percentage of it's neglect. I think yeah. more of the percentage is design, especially in the black community, yeah. than neglect. And then by the time you get to the point where, desi- you know, you can take more control of it, then neglect may take over. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know.
0: So, we, you know, the ergo... A healer in every home, in every family. Yeah, at least one person. One of my sisters advocated for me to take classes, and in fact, I started my classes on Dexter Boulevard, the place that I I learned and kind of was mentored, mm-hmm. and was where I also started the first uh, iteration of Detroit Holistic Center. But she said, "Hey, I'm you know I'm working, and, you know we're working. You need to be the kind of the point person." And so my first class on nutrition, my first class was on healing and pain therapy, my first classes in holistic health, mm-hmm. uh, came as a result of me be kind of being that designee. I had the I had interest, you know, I had a strong interest, and I had the encouragement and mm-hmm. support of family. And so all that I just, I brought back to the family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and as that's happened, then guess what? The family, the culture in the family changes. Wow, you know the 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 choices in terms of food and things. I mean, it, it impacted my mother more than my father. Mm-hmm. It was like I stopped eating meat. My my mother started. She she kind of went back and forth for a time before yeah. a long time. She stopped eating meat. Mm-hmm. She was plant based for a good part of her uh, uh, of her the latter years of her life. Now here it is, her youngest child. Influenced her <laughs> yeah. to to change that. And she was very open. I trained her. She was a therapist. She she did front office and all kinds of things. And I employed a number of my family members as well. That's big. And that's, that's what we got to do. That's it's big. empowerment, employment, entrepreneurship. A reason that drugs proliferate drugs or alcohol, tobacco, whatever any any number of the negative things, the reasons why they proliferate in our communities is because they're profitable, yeah. not because people choose. People, no, nobody comes up at six years six years old and say, "Yeah, I want to smoke and I want to drink and I want to mess up my body." Nobody mm-hmm. says that. I want to eventually have COPD. I want to be a drug addict and, you know, and I want I want to die early or or, you know, be sick most of my life. Nobody says that. But what happens is is that when people are making money from this. That's what they're going to do. If you have a candy store, you're going to sell candy. And if, you've, if that's supporting the family, you know, then and you're going to bring candy home. And if it's a liquor store, you're going to bring liquor home. If it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're selling drugs and hopefully you don't, won't get high on your own supply, but chances are you will. The people around you are going to be influenced by that. We have to make health and wellness profitable, preferred, uh, attractive, Okay, so as we change that culture and again with two hundred seventy-six billion dollar industry going to three hundred and then four hundred billion, there is a lot of money in health and we gotta bring that forward. So the people are making money doing positive things. So it's like, you know, okay, you're doing fitness and exercise, you're doing nutrition, you're doing coaching, you're doing cleansing, you're doing whatever, and as those things become more positive and attractive. That's going to change the way that we live
1: now. Um, I, I just and then I want to give you some space just to, you know, share whatever else you want to share. This has been a okay. wonderful interview, but guilty pleasure question right now in my journey of health.
0: Mm-hmm. One of
1: the big things my homie Mike Willingham is heavy on. And sometimes I he presents it where it's like, OK, I can try that. Or I'll throw something at him, mm-hmm. but he 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 got big on like doing like um, and it's so funny. My grandma Vale. I gotta introduce you to Grandma Vale. She used to be heavy <laughs> on it, but okay. she drink it straight, and I'm like, woof, that's that's a little tough. But she was always heavy on like this ginger mix, of okay. ginger and lemon. Okay, I added a little honey because that's what he did with his. Uh huh. And it's been so surprising the impact. And I'm okay. not saying it'll have this impact on you. I share some with my dad. It does on him as well, yeah. mm-hmm. and he likes it. Like it gives me like such a quick wake up. Like it's like uh-huh. I have like a shot of this like ginger, lemon mix. Yeah. What is it about ginger now, as I'm diving into that at this time right now, that has these impacts on like it seems like it wakes up like, you know, I like I'm more active. I'm ready for like, you know, if I if I run, I run on Sundays and Tuesdays. So like on Sundays and Tuesdays I'll take that shot and You're a runner. I'm ready. I, yeah, I'm like jogging running. I yeah, okay. I like Northwestern is right. the best track in Detroit, as soon as they open it up. So I'm caught sometimes having to go to Central, which is okay. But yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Central, Northwestern. Sometimes Wayne State, sometimes Mumford, man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the um God, ginger's got such a a long history. It's good for the that di- that, uh is good for the digestive system. Hmm. Uh, and that along you're taking it along with honey so it's going to improve circulation it's going to move mucus it's going to you know uh, open up some of the, the channels of your body we got to, we have to do as we do things for the digestive system it helps the immune system hmm. and and when it improves circulation as well then our our body can get more nutrients to the cells okay okay so it's a, a stimulant. Of sorts as well so uh, your ginger shots just just think about it ginger beer yeah you got Africa the Caribbean and elsewhere they've been using ginger for a very long time mm-hmm. and okay? it's relatively simple to make now they commercially you may have some of these ginger beer like
1: yeah I know yeah whatever
0: well yeah. I'll say one of the most popular ones Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it may have even originated in Detroit. Now, if you look at it, it has no ginger in it. Wow. It held a ginger flavor, but originally it was a medicinal drink. And ginger, uh, root beer, root beer was made from roots. Hmm. What were the roots? They were herbal roots, sarsaparilla, you know, uh, and we go, of course, we got spas- sarsaparilla. We got burdock. We got yellow dock. We have other mm-hmm. uh, medicines that were made from roots. Originally, many of these things were medicinal drinks to address the ills that we had of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and and they've been commercialized. You just, you just, and now it's uh... just it's it's taste. You could have a lemon drink or a lemon beverage, or what it can, they can call it, lemon cherry, mm-hmm. ginger, any number of things, and it contained no lemon, no cherry, no mm-hmm. grape, no, as it as it did before. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, what you're doing is is you're getting you're opening things up, you're getting more bioavailability, you're moving, you're doing some things that are beneficial for the the, the lungs.
1: Hmm. You could
0: actually even take some of that ginger pulp, and and use it on the body in different ways as well hmm. and be and when we drink the dairy and have the white flour and in these things we are congesting the body we are causing stagnation which is which is a precursor to to disease mm-hmm. okay uh and it's not just mucus it's congestion okay so there's there, there's there's a book called the mucusless diet a lot of people talk about sevi and in fact yeah. he, he worked at my at the center when he was in in uh detroit Wow. Uh, for a time in the early days.
1: Ain't that something?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, right, you know, we were uh, right alongside him as he was seeing... And exploring uh, Seeing his clients and in, mm. in, in, in selling the, the herbs and things in his program. But he would say, oh, it's mucus, everything is mucus. Mm. The Chinese, much before then, they say it, it's congestion. The Chinese say there's one one disease, congestion, in one cure circulation, hmm. so those things that move congestion, because like, like everything is not just mucus. Like uh, the, uh, if if you go to Flint and you say, okay, these people have got lead in their body. Guess what? That's not mucus. Lead is not mucus.
1: Good point. Heavy
0: metals are, are not mucus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh, um, the kidney stones are not mucus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so you got, you got different things that are congesting that can clog that can cause problems that are not just mucus Because the circulation of your body is yeah.
1: it's not getting to where things need to go whereas if you can circulate it'll whatever is not needed it's going to obviously pass you, you want the body
0: you it. want the channels of elimination to be able mm. to move those things out through the skin through the kidneys through the liver the bladder the bowels mm. etc okay so that's one of the principles, and that's one of the things that the physician did. A, ph- a physic is something that moves things out of you. So the herbalist, you know, helped to give you things that would move things, cause you to expectorate or regurgitate or defecate or mm-hmm. urinate or, or uh, mm-hmm. perspirate. <laughs> yeah. That's not a real word. To get it out of the body. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and to facilitate healing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay? And and so if we understand those principles and understand that the body needs to take in nutrients, but it also needs to eliminate waste, you need to have efficient ways to eliminate this waste out of the channels of the body. And it, again, as we understand the body more, then we'll be able to help ourselves, our loved ones, will be will be... Uh, we'll be healers instead of drug dealers. Mm. Okay? Because if you ask the average person, you say, oh, okay, what would you take for a headache? Somebody can almost go in there and their, in their person have... Yeah,
1: tylenol or something yeah, like cyan- that.
0: Yeah. Tylenol, benefit and whatever. Mm. They got a drug for that. Oh, you got something for that. Mm. Oh, you got... Cra- oh, oh, sister, you got cramps? I got a drug for that. Oh, you got... Um, you got the sniffles or something like that? Oh, I got a drug for that. Here's mm. an antibiotic or something like that. Mm. People have that in their purses, on the in their... Uh, um, in their homes, in the in the um, medicine cabinets, et cetera. Whereas years ago, when I was coming up, we had castor oil, Father John. We had castor oil, cod liver oil, three sixes. Mm. We had we had all kinds of things yeah. that yeah. were natural remedies. Hot, and we've got so far hot toddies and stuff. That. Hot to- yeah, mm. yeah. And mm. again, in the Caribbean and Africa, g- the ginger beer and and cleanses Even. and bitters.
1: Even the uh, okay. like, I guess. The liquors being spirits, in yeah. technically, but but I'm sure, yeah. Obviously, the spirits of like in a in a Haiti are completely like you know that that yeah. would be used for healing. It's not it's not like cognac, you yeah. know, It's not like Hennessy. It's, well, there
0: are some gins you know, like gin, gin. is made from gin, ginger. I mean, from juniper berry. Mm-hmm. There are some alcohols, and there are therapeutic medicinal applications for yeah alcohols as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the reason why you know that that hot toddy and, th- and mm-hmm. things were there, so it's 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 learning, it's it's learning, relearning, and unlearning. So when mm-hmm. when we get to the point where people in our families can say, yeah, you could you could take a ty- you could take a Tylenol, or something, you know, or you could take this and they know an herbal remedy they know an herbal equivalent or they know a technique that will alleviate headaches and pains and alleviate congestion etc when we can understand what i call atm how to assess how to treat how to maintain and then what to monitor and measure we can navigate within the medical system as well as a holistic system hmm. okay I mean, just by understanding principles, everything is ATM. For me, everything is ATM, and all my students know ATM. It's like, what is ATM? Assessment. You know, first you need to have an assessment. What's going on with you? Not yeah. with everybody. Oh, everybody yeah. has. A- yeah, ain't necessarily so. What's going on with you? What do, are you? If you don't have a good assessment, then you know, we have a good treatment plan, and nothing else is going to follow. Mm-hmm. But if you have, if you really can get to the root of what's going on, with a good assessment. And then you can apply the appropriate treatment, and then you overcome whatever that is, and then you want to maintain it. If it's bringing the blood pressure, blood sugar in balance, or the weight, or whatever, maintain it. And then, what do you monitor? What are you measuring? So, we need to be able to speak to our healthcare providers, and 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 determine what do they know, what tests need to, you know, need to be. Uh, need need to be conducted, How, if the person that we're caregiving for, okay, because we're all going to be cared for, mm. and caregivers, but um, knowing w- what to do, then we'll have we'll have totally different outcomes than what we're than what we're having now, and that, we can and this these are things that we can learn. That's, um, man, I, like,
1: I'm I definitely, I'm, I'm going to have to get you back. Now, I want to, before I go into my classic Detroit is different questions. Uh-huh. It, you're laying some science on us, too. Um, I definitely want you to give some information, and I'll put it in lower thirds, too, of okay. how people get in contact with the class and learn more about it. But what would you like to share? Like, if, if this is an open space. I don't know if you have more to share, like, uh, that you want to give. Give some game that you want to talk to the people on.
0: Well, what I what I, at this point what I'd like to share and, and I uh welcome uh a invitation to come back because there's
1: so much we, more we to talk about we, Yeah,
0: we don't understand our bodies, we don't understand Man. the earth and the more we understand our bodies and the earth We'll be much better stewards.
1: Yeah, I I like the ginger question. It's like, next time you come back, I'm going to have everything. I'm going to be like, what
0: about lemon? What about about jackfruit? Because I keep hearing about jackfruit. Yeah, I'm going
1: to just throw a lot of stuff at you. But um, what would you like to share?
0: I'd like to share that uh, we were were given one body, right? Yeah. Okay, to, to take care of. We were given one temple. We weren't given a car. We weren't given clothes. We weren't given red bottoms and golf clubs or whatever. We were given a body to take care of, mm-hmm. and we are derelict in our responsibilities, derelict in our duties, and, 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 and by in and remiss in our responsibilities by not understanding how to take care of ourselves, much less those that we are here to care for. Taking care of children aren't just isn't just sending them to school and dressing them up, and making them look nice, and make sure the hair is done and whatever. It's like you you're responsible for them especially until they come to an age where they can fend for themselves you're responsible for their health and well-being you're responsible for their mental development and growth and a lot of that is what they eat it's 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 uh it's mostly things other than what people are putting their time and energy into mm-hmm. okay the success of a child isn't you know isn't how sharp they, they are when they go to school. Okay. It's um it's the intention that we have, it's it's the appreciation that we instill in them. It's having them to understand to love people and like things, not love things and like or sometimes even dislike people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is you know, so that they value themselves. So suicides, killings, violence on other people, you know, they shouldn't. There shouldn't be people killing their parents or someone for a life insurance policy or because they want to, you know, they they want to quicken the process of hopefully getting acquiring this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to value a value life, and that's not what's what's been happening for a good period of time. Mm-hmm. So holistic training institute.teachable.com and that's holistic with a W will um, will help people to get to where there are some free classes and there will always be free and low-cost courses as well as courses that uh, mm-hmm. where a person could take that will help them to understand about herbs and we will have more on foods and food preparation and the things we need for living. Mm. naturopathy which is basically what you would term what we teach is the natural path is taking a natural path and we need we can take a natural path and heal ourselves heal our earth heal our communities heal cuz there's a whole lot of healing needs to go on if we look at what's happening today it's, it's a sickness mm. You know, it's it's people say, "Oh my God, all oh this," and they want to blame every everybody and every everybody and everything else outside of us. When it really comes down to a lot of individual choices, and what are we promoting and what are we advocating for? What are we supporting? We need to support those things that really matter long term. I say there there are there are six things that I've got. In fact, it came up in a in a recent article that say in choosing a career or even our life path, is it solve problems or does it create problems? Is it good for the planet? You know, uh, uh, does it solve problems for people? Is it good for the planet? Is it principled? And then is it profitable? Can it be passed along? And can we be philanthropic in that? Can we be generous? Can we experience abundance with that? So we need to measure things, not just by the bottom line, stop teaching your kids just to work for money or Whoever you know, going to the highest bidder. It's not just about that. It's it's the difference that we make in the world. It's 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 fulfilling our purpose. You know, when we are raising kids, it's not just it's not just you know, it, it, are you going to make money from raising your kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully they're going to do well. Maybe they'll take care of you in the latter years. Yeah. But you're not doing it because it's profitable. Okay, everything should not be profit-oriented. It's outcome. What are the outcomes that we're getting? What are the principles that we're teaching as we go along the way? So hopefully, we'll have um, we will, with the help of your audience and and people out here, we will have an HBCU of sorts of of holistic health Mm -hmm. that are going to teach people more about living and sharing and things online and in ways that then it makes a difference in the world.
1: It's unique. You speak about that because Tuskegee, as I don't know how there many we people go. notice, Tuskegee was founded on the whole grounds of agricultural science. It Hence was George Washington Carver. Uh, yes, my my great uncle, Uncle Edgar Rulak Jr. Mm. He uh, he studied right under George Washington Carver oh. at Tuskegee for a while. Wow. Yeah, and in uh, poultry science, I didn't okay. even know. Poetry had a sign, like, he was like, yeah, man, you know, you can hit a chicken with a needle and all the feathers fall off. I'm like, for real? Mm. (laughs) All types of just Animal husbandry
0: and all how that came together. Mm -hmm. And that was a genius of, man, we should, we got genius in our genes and diamonds in our DNA. Oh, man. There's so much more that we can can do.
1: Yeah. Um, Which, as you were saying, it it was another one of the guilty pleasures things. When you talk, I want to do a whole, next time you come in, I really want to talk to you about sleep. And and the health of sleep, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of us, especially like, you know, we work, we get we get caught up in the busyness of life. And I know the you know, I've I've, I've you know, online some stuff about the restorative health of sleep. And I think a lot of us as Americans don't get it. <laughs> so, you know,
0: we get sick and we die early because when when we lack sleep.
1: I figure you can explain and I yeah. really want you to expand on that. Cause I know it's a lot mm-hmm. of people, even me included as a, I, I want to find out more about that art. Cause it's like eight hours, eight hours just seems like a lot. But then again, it's like, yeah, that eight hours, it's like, damn, you should have had that extra two hours. Like you say, if you're facing some health challenges,
0: restorative sleep, we got to restore, we got to regenerate. Mm-hmm. But again, that, that's, that's a topic for
1: we, another we day. We'll be back on that one.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and I want to thank you and the, Mm-hmm. I got. Yeah, I got Detroit my classic. Uh, yeah.
1: I got my classic. Detroit is different. Questions for you first
0: before. Oh, we go. okay. Here we got so, um, we we'll But wait, there's more.
1: Yes. Okay. Very first car. Year, making, model. What year did you get it?
0: 1966 Buick Lesabre. Got it in 1974. The okay. fall of 1974.
1: Okay. Where was the first place you went when you got it?
0: Probably my best friends. To. Okay, to, to, to show it off. <laughs> yeah, and to and, and to go hang out. Either that okay. or my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're the DJ at the end of the fireworks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're at Woodward and Jefferson. You get to play some songs. What three songs? I usually say three songs. Sometimes people pick one, but what three songs you
0: playing? I'm the DJ. Yep. Ooh, I'm playing. Let's see. One would be something James Brown.
1: Well, if I get a pick, we can pick I'm him. black
0: and I'm proud. I'm with it. I've gotta play some Stevie Wonder.
1: Okay. Yeah, I saw that picture with you and Stevie. You was like, Oh with the yeah. James.
0: He was the he was perhaps the first celebrity that I ever met.
1: Wow, for real. Well, that's a heck of a uh yeah. that's
0: a heck of a first celebrity to
1: meet, to meet a celebrity.
0: Yeah. And he yeah. he's really compassionate person and I've seen I've Mm-hmm. let's see and then and wait wait you
1: didn't give a song what what,
0: Stevie oh Stevie god you know a superstition comes to mind but the mm. we in
1: Detroit I think it's another song you should play oh it's like a it's a song that's very beloved here and I think outside the country it will never be on his greatest hits <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, the one that we do the hustle to. The, the, yeah, my eyes don't cry. No my more. eyes don't cry no more. It could be that like my eyes don't cry no more. Okay. Yeah,
1: it's like the rest of the country is like, why are these Detroiters? Why is he seeing the song here?
0: <laughs> and then a third. Let's see. First, I need I need to think of an artist, and then the uh, and then the song. Gosh. Ooh. Whitney's, Whitney Houston. I mean, she. Um, what the song? The, the song from the soundtrack. Uh, I mean, from the Bodyguard.
1: Oh, oh! I'll always love you. That, I'll always I'll, love you. Oh okay. my!
0: That touches me. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Hey. Well, she she definitely delivered a yeah. rendition of the song where Dolly Parton's like, hey.
0: You Gotta can own that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got a hand it. It very toward. well should have, yeah.
1: And yeah. um, last question. You could rename Woodward after one Detroiter. Who would it be and why?
0: Rename Woodward after a Detroiter. Ooh, ooh. You know, I'm gonna go with Coleman Young.
1: Okay. He he's usually the vote. He
0: yeah, yeah, because he was so Pivotal so instrumental in a critical time in Detroit's history,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I mean, there have been a lot of great Detroiters um, yeah, especially from from my era that that that's what vibrates to me
1: that makes sense. Thank yeah. you so much, and we're okay. definitely bringing you back and uh All
0: right.
1: check the class, check the class, check the class, and then if you bump into them on the street. Y'all already see. He'll give you some game, but he'll also <laughs> reference you to the class
0: as well. So remember I'm professional too. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: he yeah. like, hey man, my arm was about to fall off. And it's like Oh,
0: and that happen that happens all the time. It's
1: like my arm was falling off. What yeah. can I take? Can I take some uh <laughs> yeah. can I take some grapeseed for that? Like, uh <laughs> You're gonna need a little bit more than grape than grape grapeseed. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. you so
0: much. All right.